some people rise to the challenge. Yeah, he executed it. So I think for us to look at that from the perspective of a business leader, I think we should say, hey, if I don't have a plan, maybe I need to think about this. Yeah, right now I'm working on trying to make sure that like my kids don't eat their toys. <laughs> I'm trying to get my kids to listen and obey. Yeah, and I'm trying to get my kids married off. <laughs> to get the heck out of my house. <laughs> well, they are. You're trying to stop talking about your grand dogs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we need some grandchildren. Hey, Metalworking Nation, Jason Zenger here. You know, we're 300 episodes in. We don't really have a lot more to talk about. So we're just going to run a bunch <laughs> of ads from our sponsors. Okay, great. Enjoy. They can't wait. Are you guys ready for IMTS? Nick, I am stoked. And I just got back from California, so I really wanted to use that word. There you go. I like it. That's yeah. rad. I am, for sure. I can't wait. Okay, so how prepared are you? Do you know what's where in this big McCormick place? I don't. Why don't you help me out with it, Nick? All right, I'll take the first three. So the first three, additive manufacturing. That's in the West Building. Abrasive machining and sawing. That's in the North Building. Controls and CAD CAM, that's in the East Building. Yep. And then fabricating and lasers are in the North Building. Gear generation is also in the North Building. And machine components, cleaning and environmental, East. Yeah. And the last three are my favorites. Metal removal is in the South Building. Quality assurance is in the East Building. And finally, where I spend most of my time, the tooling and work holding is in the West Building. You bet. Awesome. Don't forget to download the app to find out where all these at. There's a map in there. IMTS.com is also another great place to start. Register now. And you can plan your whole show right from the app. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Hey, Metalworking Nation. We're back. I'm here in the studio at Zenger's Industrial Supply with Jim Carr, the one and only, and Nick Golner. We've got two of them. There's another one. That's not good. <laughs> There's another we one. We got to get rid of the other guy. <laughs> You're better looking though. Yeah. Hey guys. What's up, Jimmy? Not How are you doing? I'm doing good. I can't wait to go out to dinner. I know. You've been not wanting to record this podcast. You just want to go and have a glass of wine. Well, I do. It's, it's all ads. <laughs> We're just going to do ads the whole time. So who wants to listen to that? So what are we going to do today? We're going to talk about a movie that I just watched, oh. which is very special to me. And we'll get into that later. But I have a question for you guys first. Yes. What sacrifice are you willing to make in order to achieve success or the vision that you have for your company? And let me rephrase it another way. What have you been concerned about sacrificing to achieve that success? Well, those are two questions. So let's answer the first one first and the second one second. So the first question was, what are you willing to sacrifice to achieve success? Okay. What kind of success? Financial success or personal success? I'm talking about business. You as a manufacturing leader in order to achieve the vision you have. What am I willing to sacrifice? Family time. I'm I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of family time for that. A little bit. A little bit. I don't know if it's 10%, 20%, whatever. Is that also what you're concerned about sacrificing? No, my health. Your health. My health. Okay, that's interesting. My health. Okay. So car machine and tool makes you unhealthy? Well, it can. Or maybe making chips makes them unhealthy. Well, Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. That's 100% true. (laughs) The podcasting game is a grind. Yeah. 
Okay, but uh, we what actually you, have Nick? a percentage on it. So I have an agreement with my wife on what I'm willing to send. Oh, no, us. you actually do? Yeah, yeah. Is I it can written? be gone one week of every month. Yeah, you've talked about that before. So for you, it's family time. That would be a concern yeah, of what now, you're willing to sacrifice. Yeah, if I started doing two weeks, then it would be cutting too far into it. Yeah. I think, I think I'm aligned with both of you. I think it's also health and family time. Yeah. I would say family time first and then my health. But you know what? If I don't have my health, I can't be there for my family. True. So, But that's a good point. Like, I want to have a consistent workout exercise regimen, and I don't do that. And I think it's probably because of how much work I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's very true. But you have to make time to do that, Nick. And yeah. once you strategize that time and are consistent with it, it will come very easily. You know what I've been doing, though? What's it? I've been doing Mike Tyson push-ups, 100 a day. Nice. Good for you, man. That's where you kind of like fall into it. You like kind of arch your back and you like fall into it and like kind of catch yourself. You should Mm -hmm. YouTube it. I do do Arnold Arnold presses. I'd rather have your wife video and you can share it. I want to see actually what you're doing. Do you know what an Arnold press is? Yes. It's a shoulder press? Yes. It's like you hold it up here and then you go up here. Like Arnold? Yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a very common exercise in the gym. So anyway, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to discuss the movie and the life of Richard Williams or King Richard. Isn't that new movie that just released with Will Smith? Yep, exactly. He's the dad of Venus and Serena Williams and several other children that I heard it was awesome about. but I didn't it's see a it. great movie I've seen it tennis is my game so like this was very special to me and I remember watching the rise of Venus and Serena when they came on the scene and um, it was, it was like, very interesting to not only watch the movie but also to investigate well is everything that was portrayed in the movie real and the answer is no Oh, by the way, before I even go on from this, spoiler alerts in this, if you have not seen the movie and you're planning on seeing it, you might want to pause this episode. Well, sure. I'm going to have to leave the room. I'm going to have to like take the yeah, earphones out. Jim, Jim I do want to see this movie. He's removing himself Well, if you're from concerned, Jim, you might want to leave. Okay. Okay. So Jim's gone. So there is a difference between the character portrayed and the real life person. Like all things in Hollywood and social media, his life was not the pristine life, even though it didn't look that pristine in the movie. But still, it was glorified very much sure, during sure. the movie. So there was some exaggerations, some untruths, which we'll talk about a little bit. But before we go there, how about a positive kickoff? Positive kickoff. What do you got going on, Nick? I made a really key hire for nice. the Michigan for and Canada region. We're calling it the North region. And I have six regions. And when one of them's unfilled, it's a problem. I'm sure. <laughs> when and if they're ever filled with someone who's not the right fit, it's a big problem. And I'm super pumped about this. Nice. Just a great guy. Nice. How about you, Jim? Anything good? You've been crying a lot lately, so I'm yeah. assuming nothing good. Honestly, this is really kind of funny. And since we're not talking about manufacturing today, my good news is not manufacturing centric. Okay. Is it your new haircut? It is not my new haircut. But my two grand dogs today were on ABC 7 News really? during the weather <laughs> forecast. More than you. See? Uh, see? Wow. I sent the picture of my two oh. grand dogs in cool. to Tracy Butler on ABC 7. And because she does this morning thing every day about dogs. And, and I'm like, hey, it. if that guy can send their picture of their dog in, I can too. Well, That's you know, awesome. so I even got a little PR for Car Machine in there as well. That's Seriously. Great. You know, what's funny, Jim, <laughs> is that our dear friend, Nicole Walter, she was on TV recently and I actually emailed Nicole and I was like, Nicole, you're such a great representation for manufacturing, A, and you're my friend. And B, Jim gets really jealous when you're on TV. And so I love that. So now there's your dogs and Nicole are more famous than you on TV. Yes, exactly. We should have uh, the dogs on the podcast. (laughs) We should. We should replace Jim with the dogs. Yes. 
Go for it. I'm sure that Nick and I will be on TV before you too, Jim. Anyway, I know that's like silly stuff, but it was kind of fun. No, that is fun. And since this episode is kind of like out there, I thought I'd share something fun like that. Okay, nice. so Little Richard. You don't want to ask me about anything good I've got no, I've we don't. on? No, you just don't no, care. No, we don't care about Jason. We don't Poor care. Jason. No. Okay, you know, Jason. You're full of yourself why, why anyway. You share <laughs> your happiness with the world. Go ahead. Well, I just hired a new administrative director and he's just been great and he's really taken a lot of stuff off he my plate. He is a really super so, nice guy. Yeah, so oh, I'm very, yeah. very happy with him and just it's helping me to start doing the things that I need to be doing, which is the vision of the company, the culture. He does really well with the culture though too and sales. Like that's where I want to be. what did you tell us before this recording that he does for you? I don't remember. You said he makes sure that you actually have deadlines and oh them. yeah yeah he, he holds me to deadlines I was you like, know? okay can he start doing that for making chips then <laughs> exactly because <laughs> you know i can get a little bit distracted after about five minutes so yeah. that's kind of nice yes uh, we know you. i feel you one of the great things about the great resignation is that as manufacturing leaders move from like company a to company b they take their favorite tooling suppliers engers with them and so we've got a lot of great opportunities that if i didn't have him i couldn't help to close and make happen. So you're so just very you're traveling with your relocating customers. Yep, pretty much. Cool. Or relocating manufacturing leaders. So I got a little bit of manufacturing news. So you guys know about the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing? Uh, it was hilarious. That was just last Did night. Did you see the Dave Chappelle thing? That's what I was just going to bring up, Nick. Yeah. That was yeah, at the, the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. Do you know about the Dave? Are you talking about the Dave Chappelle? Somebody jumped on stage and attacked him. Yeah. Wasn't that crazy? Yeah. I, I know. It was you know what? The security did not react too fast. But the fact that Chris Rock was there and then he made the joke. Well, he was part. Is there was, was three that? of Will them Smith? that were gonna, Yeah, exactly. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, I know that was awesome. Is that your manufacturing news? No, oh. my actual manufacturing news is from Reuters. The title of the article is U.S. Manufacturing Activity Slowest in More Than One and a Half Years as Workers Quit. Yeah, I know. I saw that too. And yeah. I was a little recession obsession. Yeah. We saw it three. That's the funny part about this news is we showed mm-hmm. up. We all do our news research separately. And we yep. showed up and all three of us had the same article we found. So let's pick that apart. What does that mean? I think we're all going to share what it means to each one of us. So just don't go into a big dissertation, okay, can I but re- just give me 30 seconds on what it means to you. Are you going to s- stats? Yeah, I'm going to give the stats. I know you appreciate that, Jim. I do. So it says the ISM's index of national factory activity fell to a reading of 55.4 last month, the lowest since a matching reading in September 2020 from 57.1 in March. So the last time the index was lower was in July of 2020. So a reading above 50% indicates expansion. Yep. But the problem is, is like when that expansion starts slowing down. And I think that that's what they're saying. There's a stat in there. Don't look. Okay. Do you remember what it said about manufacturing? What is the total of our the GDP? What does manufacturing represent? Don't look. You're looking. Well, I already saw it. Okay. It's 12%. I know. But I think that's higher than what it's been. I thought it, it was so, low. Well, okay, Jim. Low. If you think back to like, say, the 60s and 70s during higher. like the highest points of manufacturing, it was like 20%. I was going to say 25. Okay. It was okay. in the 20s. Okay. But what happened was a lot of that capacity shifted overseas. overseas. Yep. And then I think we fell down as low as like 10% and maybe even single digits. Don't quote me on this. Oh, I did not so know that. So I think the fact that we're at 12 is an upward trend. And okay. I think that we're going to see that trend travel upward tick. even more. Uh, we're gonna see tick. It's going to be a slow tick because the fact is, is that we're a high precision manufacturing country. Right. We're not a low precision country. Sure. We're not going to see 
a lot of the textile manufacturing coming back or the cheap goods or every time right. they can kids, keep it. Yeah. Every time my kids go to a birthday party, they get like a bag of made in China trinkets, which I hate. I know that stuff's not coming back to the United States. No, not at all. Who wants it though? I don't want that kind of, work. I don't want it either. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, when you read that article, what emotion did you get? I was starting to feel like, okay, we've been hearing about this. We've been hearing that there could be a recession around the corner and to me, the feeling was this might be some of the early signs of what's ahead. Yep. Jason? Yeah, I would agree. That was my concern, too. But we need to also put this into context. When they talk manufacturing, they're not just talking making chips. Right. So they're talking about all manufacturing. Yes. So we need to stay focused on our industry and say to ourselves, we need to have a mentality of growth not only for ourselves personally, but for the industry in general. And we need to look to how do we bring back a lot of that chip-making, metalworking manufacturing back to the United States. I think United it's going to come back organically, oh, quite for frankly, sure. because yeah. during the pandemic with supply chain, so many of these big OEMs got disrupted because of the overseas dependency. Now, from what we're hearing from the major OEMs, they're implementing redundancy in their supply chain and they're going, they're picking up more domestic suppliers now than what they used to have overseas. It wasn't all doom and gloom in the article. I remember there was a, there's a piece about inflation. I don't know if you're going to touch on that, but no, not on the inflation, but it says manufacturing should continue to add to GDP growth. So I think that's a good indication. Well, here's what it said on inflation with 4.4% of manufacturers in the survey reporting lower prices in April. A measure of prices paid by manufacturers dropped to a reading of 84.6 from 87.1. That supports views that overall inflation has either peaked or is close to doing so. So what does that mean to somebody that's not an economy Well, I'm not an economist, but I know that high inflation means incoming recessions, typically. Right. And what just happened yesterday? The Fed's just raised the prime interest rate by a half a percent. Yeah. The largest jump in 20 years. That was in the article too. Yeah. There, right. There's an economist that I want to bring on to making chips, but one of my biggest concerns is not like inflation, but is stagflation, which is what Japan's been going through for many, many years. So that I think should be our biggest concern in this whole thing. But I don't want to talk about that too much because I'm not an economist and I'll be completely making stuff up that may or may not be true. But I want to bring somebody on the show that could talk about this in more intelligent terms. Do it. All right. So hang tight, manufacturers. Things are still really robust. Yeah, Just, it's still above 50. We're but still growing. We're still above 50. Exactly, mm-hmm. Nick. There's still growth. There is still growth. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. However, we're starting to see through the clouds a little bit that there is that light that's telling us that we could, in fact, end up in a recession. I don't think that's light. I think that's darkness. What You know what it's I mean. It's a red light. It's, it's a, a red light. It's a red light. Yeah. Okay, got it. It's, like it's an out there somewhere. Just be careful. Yeah. So, I mean, we still keep adding jobs, 35,000, 38,000 every month to manufacturing. Well, no, it said manufacturers are quitting. It said manufacturers are yeah, quitting. I mean, I didn't know what that meant, quite frankly. We should yeah. ask Reuters. Yeah, I know. I don't like the title. You know what I'm excited to do? What's I want to talk about Little Richard. Okay, go so ahead. No, can we get in? King Richard. Oh, King Richard. Okay. <laughs> Little Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it then. Okay. What's your big takeaway from watching a movie? This is going to be a spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen the movie and you'd like to and you don't want to hear about it, pause. Go back to the podcast episode later. So the number one thing, and this is one of the big things that he was always stressing to his daughters, was planning. So... From the very beginning, when these girls were little girls, he had a 78-page document about how he was going to lead his daughters to become champions. 
That's cool. So a dad had a 78-page document about how these girls were. It's actually kind of intense. He was a very intense guy. No kidding. Life imitating art. This is going to be a little bit technical, but as a tennis player, one of his things was he even down to the fact that he wanted these girls to have an open stance in their shots. So if you think about in tennis, there's a technicality to having a side stance or to having an open stance when you hit. So when you're open, your front is facing the net. When you have a side stance, your side would be facing the net. So he had it down to the technicalities of how he wanted them to train. Is it better for your ceiling as a professional if you're open or side? Or is it like snowboarding where some people are goofy and some people are regular? It's kind of like, yeah, it's like two-handed backhand, one-handed backhand. It's like So it's really like all over the place. There's no one better way. There's opinions. He obviously thought there was a better way. And they're the best best women's tennis players of all time. Right. So very dominant. They're iconic. So yeah. maybe he had the right formula. I think you'll like this, Jim. One of his big quotes was, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right? Yeah. I that's mean, for sure. And it's very true. I mean, we talk about like say EOS all the time on on the podcast. And you know, you got to put some kind of strategic planning into place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Number two. So hang on real quick. Yeah, What's the takeaway? Should our listeners with children start drafting a 78-page document? I would say if you want them to be world champions, be number one in a sport, you better have a big document. I don't know yeah. if 78 pages is the right answer. I but think you just got lucky. I think they worked really I hard. You, I don't know anything. I've not gym. seen the movie. I think they've worked very hard. Because here's the thing, Jason, and I think you're setting up a lot of parents with children. That well, this isn't a parenting love- podcast, first of all. Well, I know, but we're talking about it a 78-page document to make your children successful. Well, I don't want that for my children. There's so many parents out there that think their children are at a level of professional athleticism that they all think they're going to be in the NFL, the NBA, the MLB. They all Mm -hmm. think that their kids are going to make it. And quite frankly, it's like 0.1% of 1% of these kids actually make it. So I think the 78-page document is as likely to create a champion as it is to create a drug addict. Very true. (laughs) Very true. But you know what? It helped. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he had a plan and he executed it. It was a guideline. Some people rise to the challenge. Yeah, he executed it. So I think for us to look at that from the perspective of a business leader, I think we should say, hey, if I don't have a plan, maybe I need to think about this. Yeah, right now I'm working on trying to make sure that like my kids don't eat their toys. <laughs> I'm trying to get my kids to listen and obey. Yeah, I'm trying to get my kids married off. <laughs> to get the heck out of my house. <laughs> well, they are. You're trying to stop talking about your grand dogs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we need some grandchildren. All right. Number two, he had to sacrifice relationships in order to accomplish his dream. So this is where we kind of separate ourselves from the movie. And we talk about the fact that in the movie, there was this portrayal of him having, I think it was five girls and they were all adored their dad. In reality, that adoring family was not the case. So he actually had five other kids and he actually left them for Venus and Serena's mother. He left them for Venus and Serena's mother and then eventually, you know, had So Venus he had five girls naturally with another lady, divorced her, remarried Serena and Venus's mother. So that's their stepdaughters. It would be their half sisters. It would be their half sisters. So Serena and Venus's half sisters. Is this why you brought up like what are you willing to sacrifice? Yes. So one of the half sisters said was the adoring family in the movie wasn't reality. The fact is is that 
she said that he walked out on his family and became a millionaire, but we lived in poverty. So this is what the mm. half-sister said. He sacrificed these relationships because he was so focused on Serena and Venus and the 78-page document that he couldn't maintain that relationship with his other children. And that's kind of sad. Mm. Yeah, kind of sad. sad. Have you seen other business owners who you know that they have a, probably a, a rocky business home? plan? No, where they oh. probably have a rocky home life because they're so dedicated to their business. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I mean, have you seen it, Jim? I truly believe that the reason my parents got divorced is my dad devoted so much of his personal time to the business to becoming successful that he neglected my mother and she got things from other people that he couldn't or wasn't giving to her. Yeah. So what are you willing to sacrifice? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that all hits home. Yeah. Guys, when you think of a dynamic duo, who comes to mind? Nick and Jason. <laughs> Why is that? Because I'm just looking at Jim. He's mad at me. <laughs> I'm not mad. You're not mad? No, no I would mad. say Snoopy and Woodstock. Snoopy and Woodstock. All right. Batman and Robin, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I don't know. We'll go with Snoopy and Woodstock. You know who the new Snoopy and Woodstock is, is for that? our industry? Thomas and Zometry. Yeah. I heard about the big collaboration. Why is that, Nick? So Thomas, your Thomas listing, right? Yes. Your Thomas listing is how people can find you right. and find suppliers that are a perfect fit for what they're looking for. Sure. And what's Zometry? Zometry has the job board. So that's a place for you to go find the type of work that you're looking for. So I could go log onto that job board, seek out word that's the right fit for my machines and employees and just take the job because the numbers are there. I don't even have to quote it, right? As a matter of fact, it's free to join. There's no quoting required. Guaranteed net 30 payments. Just go to zometry.com slash grow. So number three, and this kind of goes along with some of the stuff that we've talked about, if you're willing to make the sacrifices, but hard work and tenacity can take you places. So one of the interesting things about Venus and Serena and Richard Williams was they did not live the normal tennis life. So the normal tennis life would have been you grew up in a country club, you got private lessons you have a every sweater day. That's kind of like tied around your neck. Yeah, you pretty pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. And one of the funny things what that he did during one of the Grand Slam events is he had this sign that he raised during the event that said hi to my friends in Compton. So they grew up in Compton mm -hmm. in a not so good area, but his work and his tenacity brought him out of Compton. Nice. And I think that that same it's a success thing, story. It's a success story. And I think that that same thing can go for somebody who, you know, and we've seen this on making chips, these manufacturing leaders who they buy a machine and they hustle and they work 12 to 14 hours a day and then they buy their second machine and they really I think that's build how a business that's CNC from there. Samurai. I think he's going to end up having a wildly successful so. career. I think so. Yeah. I mean, if you have that tenacity and you put that hard work in, I think you're going to get there. Just for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, Stephen, what was it? Cochran? Is that yep. how you say it? Mm -hmm. He was a guest a few episodes ago, and he reminds me of somebody who's going to just absolutely kill it in his career. I agree. And I think that I made a joke in a recent LinkedIn post about the secret to podcasting success. And I think that the secret to podcasting success is tenacity. I think it's tenacity and hard work. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's the reason why making chips has been successful is that tenacity and that hard work. That yeah, I think that's a this. big part of it. I also think it's just about not making about yourself and trying that's to true. focus on like the value to the listener. That's There's true. so many podcasts coming out now where it's like, why you should listen to my thoughts so you can do business with my company. There you go. There you go. All right. Number four, there was an interesting scene where there was a neighbor of King Richard who 
would constantly be calling DFS on him because he was working his girls too hard. DCFS. I don't know what they call it, but yeah, they, family, they basically child and family the, services. child and family yeah, services. Yeah, yeah. yeah, thank you, Jim. Yeah, and I think that we've all seen this before too. If you're going to work hard and you're going to be successful and you're going to have a spotlight on you, there's going to be what. There's going to be haters. Yeah, of course oh, there is. Haters, of course. Jim, you and I have seen that. Well, what's since wrong the with like a little jokes? hard work? You know that. All right, there's like slave labor, abuse your kids with work, and that's a thing. But pushing them really hard and getting on their case when they're not going 100. percent That's just how I was raised. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think the mentality nowadays is that everybody has a real opinion about how you should live your life. And if you're not living it according to their opinion, then DCFS is getting called. Well, maybe not DCFS, <laughs> but they're talking about you or, you know, something else and they're not happy. And that happens a lot. Yeah, it does happen a lot. Especially the more success you have. Yeah, I agree. So the fifth point of what I learned from King Richard is that he fought really hard. The bottom line is you don't have to be in the spotlight. I think that's a big thing. No, he pushed his two daughters in the spotlight. No, he actually, believe it or not, he actually fought really hard to keep them out of the spotlight. Okay. So one of the interesting things about their rise to fame was that they came on like so quick, like a tsunami, because nobody really knew about them or gave them any credit when they were juniors. So most of the natural progression in tennis is that you rise up to professional status when you're a junior. So you win Wimbledon as a junior. You win the French Open as a junior. They never did any of that kind of stuff. They just went straight to being an adult professional. And so he always kept them out of the spotlight. And what this always makes me think about is like, I always have this FOMO about social media. Like I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I think it's great in so many ways, but at the same time, I really don't like it, which is why you don't see me like, you know, posting a lot on social media. And it's I like, have an episode idea for the future that's called LinkedIn anxiety. Well, there you go. We, I think we definitely yeah. should talk about that. But like, I know so many great manufacturing leaders who you, we would never even heard of. They are very successful, but they don't post on LinkedIn. They don't have a podcast. They don't talk about themselves. They just get the work done and they're very successful. Yeah, well, it's just different personalities, different ways to expose yourself, different, just different things, right? But I think when people log into LinkedIn and they see you make a post about LinkedIn, I make a post about LinkedIn and it gets 100 likes, they're like, oh, I need to do that. I need to do that to be successful. Well, they might. I mean, they might be in a position where they do have to get their brand out there. But I think the guys you're talking about have just been making their customers successful for so long that they don't need to be boom. There you go. Make your customers successful. I think that's the key. Yeah, that's that's our mission statement at our company. Actually, there you go. I knew that. So number seven, and I think that this is huge. Have a positive mindset. So that was one of the big things with King Richards that he was really just driving this into his kids is telling them all the time, you're a winner. He even had a poster that he put up on the tennis court saying, you're a winner, you're a champion, you're going to win Wimbledon, you're going to do these things. It's like, we're going to accomplish this thing. And he was always pushing that positive mindset. He created a visual for success. He did. That reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys watch fighting at all, but I watch pretty much every UFC and Rose Namajunas. I don't know. Tell us. Yeah. She's like a small, like straw weight girl. Okay. And she's the champion right now. And she's like a sweet girl, you know, and you, she doesn't seem like a lot of the other. Could fighters. she beat me up? Oh, for sure. She could beat all, all three of us up. I'd say <laughs> beat the crap out of. But anyway, so they're, they're, you know, they do the and in this corner and in this corner and she sits there while they're introducing her. I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. Over and over again, just says it. It's kind of like creepy. Yeah. Because you're just like, oh, this girl's intense and she's yeah. going to win. 
It's pretty cool. And does she win? And then she wins. And then afterwards, they go and bring her the microphone. She's like, I am the best. best. (laughs) It's it's really cool. But I think that pushing that positive mindset and really telling yourself those positive things, I think it makes a difference and it gives you a better outlook. Because right before the bell rings, that's when the doubt starts to creep in. You look at who's across from you and and she's just like louder with the positivity than there's no space for anything to creep in. Okay, we've all got conflict in our business, right? Yeah. It could be interpersonal conflict. You could have an issue with a customer. You could have an issue with a supplier, with somebody on your team. And you need to step into that situation and say, I'm a really good leader. I can handle this. I can resolve this. I can get this done. But if you go into it and saying, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do here. This is going to be bad. It probably will be. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That negative attitude is not going to get you anywhere at all. Exactly. Positive mental attitude creates success. It's huge. And then the eighth and last and final point is no excuses. So there was a scene. It was very interesting. He's got, of course, in his 78-page document, he's got the tennis schedule. He's got when they're playing. And they would play till late at night. I mean, it would be dark out and they would be playing. And what he would always, the criticism he would get from people is, aren't these kids focused on their school? Well, they're all getting like straight A's. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're like great students. And that's one of the things that I do know about Venus and Serena because I followed their careers. They're very intelligent women. I mean, very intelligent. I mean, they've built business empires beyond their tennis, but even before that... Probably more successful in those ventures than they were in their own tennis, right? They're probably making more money. And they made a lot of money from tennis. Yes. But there was no excuses. And they were always getting good grades. They're very smart women. And so... There was a scene where it was late at night and it was raining out and he was sticking to the schedule. The 78-page document said we're playing tennis. Even though it's raining. Even though it's raining. No excuses. And he definitely got some pushback on that, but there was no excuses to him. We'll have to check it out. I never knew that little Richard was the father of Venus and Serena. That's that's amazing. Uh, what a takeaway. <laughs> Every once in a while, I come across a movie and I do kind of what you just did. It's like that one really resonated. It was inspiring. Yeah, you're inspired by it and you're ready to like move your life around because of it and do some things. So it's cool that you shared that with us. Yeah, because I think you could derive some inspiration from watching these movies and going back to your own leadership and saying, okay, where can I make a readjustment here in my own leadership from this real person or from this movie? So Jim, I know you're not a sports guy. Nick watches football. He watches soccer. I do like baseball. I do like baseball. I watch tennis. Well, you watch baseball sometimes. I do watch baseball. Yeah. What are your thoughts in deriving this inspiration from sports figures like this? Again, you know how I feel about people that set their kids up to be pro athletes. But if we think about it from a business sense, I think I haven't seen the movie, but based on what I'm hearing from you, is I think he had a good business plan put together. Yep. I think he executed the business plan well. He did not waver with his Mm -hmm. two daughters. And he pushed them hard. And he created visual, positive mental attitudes in their head so they could see it and they could reap the fruits of their successes incrementally throughout their career. So I think just putting it into perspective, a business plan is, If you want to be successful, there's going to be a little bit of pain, things that you're going to have to give up. Like you asked us at the beginning of this episode, what is that? um, What are you willing to sacrifice? What what is your sacrifice for being successful? I'm sure this gentleman sacrificed much more than he ever thought he did by making those two girls successful. Yeah. So 
life is all of give and take. I mean, Little Richard had a thriving musical career, yes. and he had to give that up so he could focus on Venus. Do you know a Little Richard song? No, I don't. Okay. But that's because he gave it up to focus on Venus and Serena. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you know the best advertising is straight from your customer's mouth. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you just sent me that LinkedIn, some Cody Gidry, operations manager at Coastal Machine and Supply, put on his LinkedIn some time ago, sitting in our closing meeting of our first AS9100 surveillance audit, I hear the auditor say these words, quote, ProShop ERP has all of the processes laid out. All you have to do is follow the systems and you'll be fine, end of quote. I love it. We just had our first one-year surveillance audit two weeks ago, and the auditor had never done an audit using ProShop, and he loved it. Well, shout out to Paul, his whole team. They're doing tremendous things. Go to ProShopERP.com and find out more. Awesome. I like to do these fun episodes every once in a while. I think it takes us out of the normal routine of making chips. If you enjoyed this episode... Share it with somebody. Yeah, like that's our currency of you telling us that you like us is that you share it with somebody else. And we had a record download last month. I mean, we had twenty thousand downloads. Yeah, twenty thousand manufacturing leaders. We visualized to the podcast. It. I and did. We visualized twenty thousand, and then you happened. know what I have a vision for, Nick? Me shutting up. <laughs> I have a vision for forty thousand, and I think if every single person shares their episode when they're listening with another one of their peers, we can hit that forty thousand right. mark. So. Do that. Please, please do that. I, I feel like Don't you're Tony Nick. Robbins. Don't beg. Well, yeah, because but I already believe it's going to happen. So my begging won't even help. This is inspiring. I feel like we should walk on coals together after this. Bam. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution, and many of them are at makingchips.com.